coming up on Philosophy Talk. Good evening and welcome to the Arthur Ludlow Memorial Baths Newport for this year's finals of the All England Summarized Proust competition. Marcel Proust had some brilliant ideas about how art can be transformative, but can a novel be philosophical? So much to talk about. Memory, identity, art, enchantment. How can you talk about that all in one novel? Well, it's a very long novel. Each contestant has to give a brief summary of Proust's a la recherche du temps perdu, once in a swimsuit and once in evening dress. Why read Proust in the 21st century? Total loser. Spent 20 years writing a book almost no one reads. Our guest is my co-host, Josh Landy, who's written a new book, The World According to Proust. Larry Sugarman is perhaps the second most highly regarded Proust scholar in the U.S. Who's number one? That would be me, Rich. In Search of Proust's Philosophy. Marcel Proust. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Could a novel change your life? Is art a way to re-enchant the world? What does Proust tell us about our true selves? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence. I'm Ray Briggs. And I'm Blakey Vermeule, sitting in for Josh Landy. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where I teach philosophy, and Blakey teaches in the Philosophy and Literature program. Welcome back to the co-host, Chair Blakey. Glad to be here. Today we're out in search of Marcel Proust's philosophy. Which is why you're here today, and why Josh will actually be joining us as our guest later. You know, he's got a brand new book about Proust. Oh, I love Proust. Yeah, he's that French guy who wrote that really long novel, In Search of Lost Time. You know, every time I read that novel, I feel like I'm falling in love with it all over again. It has something to illuminate every stage of life, whether it's the falling in love stage, the parenting stage, or the gout stage. <laughs> you know, Blakey, that's just like the narrative device that Proust uses to talk about falling in love with people. He has this character, Swan, who falls in love with this other character, Odette, for the first time, except that that happens for like five times over the course of the novel. And he falls in love for a different reason every time. Yes, and every time it feels like she's completely special. No one could replace her. Too bad that's all an illusion. Wait, so Proust is telling me that all my grand romantic passions are fake? Isn't that kind of depressing? It's not so bad. Love might be an illusion, but it connects you to something that is real. Oh yeah, like what? Not the person you love. No, but it connects you to your true self. And if you look at a work of art that someone else created, you can get a window into their true self. Oh, come on, Blakey. How hard can it be to know your true self? I, I know lots of things about myself. It's not that difficult. So right now, I want tea and I want a cookie. Ooh, maybe a Madeleine. See, I don't need great art for that. But Ray, that's not real self-knowledge. It's shallow and fleeting. You can eat the Madeleine, and then five minutes later you'll want something else. What about your real self, the part that doesn't change? Ah, I don't know. Do I even have a real self? My, my beliefs change, my feelings change moment to moment, my body ages. Even my ideals eventually change. Yes, but Proust thinks that underneath all that 
There's something that doesn't change. But I can't find it, and I've looked. Where'd you last put it? I don't know. I've tried therapy, journaling, taking classes in the philosophy of mind. I've tried everything. Well, that is your problem right there. You're trying too hard. Why not take a bite of that Madeleine and relax? Uh, How does that help? When the narrator in Proust's novel eats a Madeleine, a flood of involuntary memories wash over him. He thinks about his childhood, and suddenly he's right there. He's experiencing the exact same joy that he felt as a child. Oh, okay. So I'm going to just start going through my memories one by one, and then I'll find my true self. It doesn't work exactly like that. So sifting through your memories on purpose is like trying to fall in love on purpose. If you try to force it, it's not really authentic. But I thought love was an illusion. How do I know my authentic self isn't an illusion, too? I bet Josh will have something to say about that. We'll be talking to him about his new book, The World According to Proust, and that's why I'm filling in for him as host today. Ha, I can't wait to have Josh in the hot seat. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But first, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to contemplate how smell and taste influence our memories and sense of self. She files this report. When Hannah Spiegelman was getting her master's in gastronomy and studying food, she found people talked about Marcel Proust constantly. It really blew my mind in terms of how taste and memory are so intertwined and how everything can affect taste and how that can change memory. In the first volume of his novel, Proust narrator Tace Amadeline dipped in tea, sending him back to a childhood memory. Hannah can relate. She helps people to think about historical people and places through ice cream flavors. I did an ice cream based on Proust's uh, Madeleine moment. On her blog, A Sweet History, you can learn about flaming Cheeto apple brandy ice cream with chili drinking chocolate swirl dusted in gold. That one is inspired by the most written about woman in New Mexico history, Dania Tulis, who ran a gambling hall in Santa Fe during the 1800s. I truly believe that food is all you need to learn about in order to understand everything um, in this world. Great Moon Cocktail and Clam Juice Ice Cream with Blueberry Blue Corn Fleur Thumbprint Cookies. That one is for Sir John Herschel, a British astronomer whose aunt was the first female scientist to receive a salary. I could make ice cream and make it super unappetizing, which would be a statement, but I do want people to have an additional experience that's adding to the story, Um, so that's the goal for me. Proust got people thinking about food and memory, and then there are aspects of Proust's writing itself you never forget. Like the longest sentence in Proust, which is... 958 words. Gloria Frim is another person influenced by Proust as a reader rather than an ice cream maker. And I have a poster in my study that has it diagrammed. She's a poet and professor at California College of the Arts and author of the book How Proust Ruined My Life and Other Essays. The number of dependent clauses and digressions is phenomenal. I tried to take a picture of it to show it to you, but it doesn't photograph properly (laughs) because, you know, the print is so tiny. Gloria says because our minds can't retain big chunks of text or digressions, reading Proust feels new every time. In the mid-80s, she picked up the second volume of In Search of Lost Time while waiting for her baby to arrive. I actually tried to read Proust to her 
and she cried mercilessly. <laughs> she wasn't interested in the beautiful sentences. Gloria's students rarely make it past the first volume. You have to be ready for Proust. Fifteen years later, she read the novel with a group of other writers, and that time around, she fell in love. What else can I say? There's no other word for what happened. I didn't want to read anything else. She took Proust to Mexico, Spain, the Bahamas, the East Coast, and that is how Proust ruined her life. It created this habit of focusing on one writer. Some folks come and go, not Proust. She says he's a paradise of language. All you have to do is love Proust. You don't have to um, be an academic and you don't have to be analytic because he does enough of that for you. <laughs> And so it makes sense to end this report with some Proust and a classic 599-word sentence. Here we go. But I had seen first one and then another of the rooms in which I had slept during my life. And in the end, I would revisit them all in the long course of my waking dream. Rooms in winter, oh, where I go to bed. I don't I'm think uh, any of our contestants this evening have succeeded in encapsulating the intricacies of Proust's masterwork. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.